As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Weak-ass Clippers. Beat they motherfucking ass. Fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I am Jared Weiss. He's Bo DeKeel. Jade Hoy producing. We had two games. They were both absolutely entertaining and phenomenal. We're going to start over in the Western Conference. The seventh seed Minnesota Timberwolves. They got a playoff win. It's not really a playoff win, but they're in the playoffs. They beat the Los Angeles Clippers 109 to 104 at home. This was an epic Pat Beverly evening. I mean, it, it, it was such a epic Pat Beverly evening. He was almost bawling at the end of the game, Jared. It, it was so emotional for him to face his former team like he's damn near crying, uh, you know, as if he won the championship. Instead, he, you know, he, he goes to get to play Memphis now. I mean, he, he had a minus five plus minus, but that guy was the game. Absolutely. He, he he was everywhere. I mean, like, we just got to talk about it. He was doing all sorts of things, you know, uh, being the annoying pesky guy talking into everybody's ears and talking trash, doing all of those things, you know, and, and really frustrating everybody on the Clipper roster. And they knew him. They know that this is what he does. They've had experience with him. It was just one of those things where he was able to kind of continue to bring it. He was so goddamn annoying. <laughs> he was just like, like... I, don't, I can't think of any other player who just loves to piss people off. And then as soon as he does, he starts running around dancing. He's doing like the talking hands thing. It's it's like so unbelievably obnoxious. But yet I love every moment of it. It's just so insane. And the things he did in this game, he hit like a huge three. They For some reason, the Clippers, after Carl Anthony Towns fouled out, Nas Reed was on Paul George all the time. They kept somehow targeting switches for Pat Beverly, and he kept shutting it down. It was so strange, but every time he got put in the grinder, he was the one that did the grinding. Yeah, but I mean, we also got to talk about the other guys. Like, he was the emotional component of this, this side of the game. But listen, D'Angelo Russell was absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal in this game. And... Uh, uh, Anthony Edwards, amazing in this game. And they had to be because Carl Anthony Towns was so damn bad, Jared. It was actually like tough to watch. He had 11 points on three for 11 shooting in 24 minutes. I thought he was going to play like 46 in this game. He played half, basically. Of the, he played half of the game because he fouled out. He had four turnovers, six fouls. It, 
they were dumb fouls. Oh, the last one was and so they bad. Were legitimate, they have legitimate fouls. He was shocked when he got the fifth foul. He Because it was an offensive foul, he, he got away with two fouls on that play. Like, it was, he got away with the first one where he clearly threw, I think it was Nick Batum off, and then runs over Marcus Morris. And then he's looking around going like, what do you mean? And I'm like, yo, that's those are those are two fouls on one play. Like, what are you doing? And I think you know he he just he was trying way too hard tonight. He was pressing a lot. He started out this game. I think it was 0 for seven. He was everything just looked rushed and panicked. I I don't think it, it was a good night for him. But thankfully, his teammates picked him up. Yeah, Anthony Edwards. He had 30 points for you know his first big opportunity to play in one of these kinds of games. He he, he was just not only was he good. He was incredible at the end of the game. There was that one play where I guess the Clippers forgot to defend him. on what I think it was a second chance and he just drove right past Norm Powell, threw it down. He just kept attacking over and over and over again. He did airball that three <laughs> where he was wide open and took his time with it. I feel like when guys take their time with it, they always do that. But he just was the composed score to compliment D'Angelo Russell, who obviously was on the heater in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, when you just look at the way Edwards was playing in this game 10 points in the fourth quarter alone hit a big step back three like he had his three ball going really well I think he finished with four threes tonight and it's just one of those things where you're watching him going like damn five threes excuse me I don't want to shortchange the man he was all over the place in that area and, and he was the one that started out the game well for the wolves you know he he's the one that knocked down a couple of threes got to the rim with a nice euro step things like that i think it was he set the tone and it was the young guy setting the tone for everybody else and then russell got going okay so the clippers were up by 10 points with eight and a half minutes left in this game and they they barely scored after that paul george at 34 points they this was not a comeback night for the clippers it was it was the opposite right they gave up the comeback their offense seemed pretty lost there in the fourth quarter. How do you feel about their chances? Now, you know, they, it's a play-in, so they get a second shot against whoever wins in this New Orleans-San Antonio game. How do you feel about their chances of getting it together and beating those teams who are dramatically worse in the standings than, those, than both of these teams? Yeah, they're, they're dramatically worse. I would say that New Orleans is is probably a little bit better than their record suggests. It's just they started out the season so terribly that it's, it, it, it makes it look a lot worse. I still think the Clippers are going to beat either of those teams. I think if they play New Orleans, it'll be a close game, but I think they'll come away on top. I think just more experience and everything like that. But you know what? You can say the same thing about tonight. They were probably the more experienced squad against oh, yeah. Minnesota tonight, and they and they dropped the ball there. But they can't have these scoring drafts that they tend to go through. Okay, Minnesota, they face the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round. Carl Anthony Towns did not play well in this game against a team that likes to play small. Well, that team has JJJ and Steven Adams. So how do you think Cat is going to figure things out against those? The, uh, really one of the best defensive teams in the game. Yeah, that's going to be a tough, ma- a tough matchup for him, I think, pretty much all night long. But more importantly, Jared, are you excited? For Dylan Brooks versus Patrick Beverly, <laughs> it's gonna be a bloodbath. Are you are you are you are you excited for that? Because I just want to see the fireworks that happen from that one. I think that's where it's gonna get really interesting with all of those things. But that's uh, gonna be a fun matchup. Two young teams really going back and forth at each other. It's gonna be a good battle with everything that goes along with it. Ultimately, I just think the Memphis Grizzlies are a better team than the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, I just want to see Dylan Brooks play. Like, I, I would be happy about that. That, that would make me excited. 
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's a two-game night. The other game, the Brooklyn Nets, they host the Cleveland Cavaliers. They win 115-108. to 108. It seemed like an easy win. And then for some reason at the end, it wasn't quite, even though it didn't really seem like Cleveland was playing well in this game, what happened? I mean, it's one of those nights where I think the Nets got on a roll early, obviously built up a 20-point lead, and Cleveland just continued to keep fighting and coming back. It's actually very similar to the game they played a couple of weeks ago, right? And I think it was it was along those lines where, hey, Nets go nuts, and, and to be honest, Kyrie goes nuts. I mean, he was perfect, Jared, in the first half. I think he went, what, 10 for 10 from the field? Like, he he just didn't miss shots. Literally. And I think he was on a roll. And I think when you watch it there for, for that, you know, the, the Cavs eventually were able to chip away and start to make this a little bit of a game down the stretch. So what was really interesting about this game is that it was bookended by Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving's playmaking, getting it to Andre Drummond's and Bruce Brown at the beginning, and then Drummond replaced by Nick Claxton at the end. But so they were just killing it in the pick and roll early on. And then at the end of the game, the Cavs were doubling Kevin Durant and they were almost effortlessly just getting it to Bruce Brown and then would lob it up to Claxton wide open underneath. It was like Cleveland, every time they tried to double, it was a disaster. Yeah. I mean, give Bruce Brown a ton of credit. Like he damn near had a triple double with 16, nine and eight. And I think he's just really kind of found his niche as this real short roll, short guy. Um, You know, and I think that's the important thing there with everything that's going through that because they need that. Right when teams are going to double team KD off the pick and rolls, cover a double team Kyrie, and you're not getting a good shooting night from Seth Curry, you're not getting a great night from Patty Mills. You need to have somebody else kind of be a release valve, and I think Bruce Brown has really developed into that for them. But man, this this was one of those games. I looked at it and I'm just like, the Nets needed to blow this game out for me to feel comfortable yep. about them or have it start to build any confidence about them, and I just don't see it. So they're going to face Boston now. And it was funny after the game, Bruce Brown said that they're like, they're excited that Rob Williams is out because they can go right at Al Horford and Daniel Tice. And uh, Kevin Durant was like, well, let's, let's sort of roll on that one. Those guys are very good. <laughs> it's like, sure. They, obviously Rob Williams is one of the best rim protectors in the game, but Al Horford has been a really, really good defender this year. And Tice is pretty good at doing a lot of the stuff that Rob Williams could do. So, I don't think Bruce Brown is going to have a field day with them, but Bruce Brown also did have a field day last year in the playoffs. So he might not be completely wrong, but it's the rib protection, just the overall defensive acuity of the Celtics is just so dramatically better than what Cleveland is doing right now without Jared Allen out there. So considering that Brooklyn isn't getting their shooting and they did at least get great games from all of their bigs and their two stars played really well. 
you said you wanted to see a blowout. So do you still feel like Boston is a favorite, even though apparently I heard that uh, I think it was DraftKings had the Nets ranked as the favorite in the uh, with the odds uh, coming into it? Well, I I think there's no question that Boston has to be the favorite. I don't believe that the the Nets can get enough stops to beat the Celtics. I think that's really what it's going to come down to. Can they stop Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, the way the ball's moving on the court and things like that. I know not having Robert Williams is a blow to the Celtics defense, but at the same time, yo, like this team's really good. And I don't believe the Nets can get enough stops. They barely got enough stops today against Cleveland. Cleveland goes on that run in the second half. And you got to start to wonder again, can the Nets get stops when they need to down the stretch? And I don't buy it. I don't believe it. And we're just going to have to see them do it. And I'm and I'm petrified of it because I'm damn scared of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. You <laughs> saw the show Kyrie put on, man. Like, that's nothing. KD was an unbelievable playmaker tonight. You know, when you're watching that, you you understand how good these guys are. It's just I feel like they're too small on the wing. And I think that's going to be a big problem for them against the Celtics. Yeah, Katie and Kyrie both had 10-plus dimes, and a lot of those baskets at the end was really KD setting up those dimes. You can really give him credit for that. I mean, he was he was great. Uh, Kyrie was great. There was one great player for Cleveland. That was Darius Garland, unsurprising. He, he, he really comes through, but he didn't really do anything in the second quarter after he had a, an okay for, uh, first quarter. And then late third, early fourth, just went on an absolute run to bring Cleveland back into it. Yeah, I mean, listen, Darius Garland's the future of this organization, him and Evan Mobley. Granted, this is Mobley's first taste of, uh, uh, I don't want to say playoff basketball, so play in (laughs) basketball, Um, you know, so, you know, he's kind of learning as he's going through it. As a rookie, you expect him to have those problems. And again, no Jared Allen, like there's just, you wish they were fully healthy so we can kind of see what this team was going to be in this game against Brooklyn. They would have given him a better run at this, but man, like Garland's so good, Jared. He just gets in the lane. He's a great passer. He had a beautiful play where he drives baseline, gets Dragic to jump towards the corner, and does a no-look pass to drop off to Laurie Markkinen for a dunk. Like, he's making some incredible reads out there. Cleveland, they will face the winner of Charlotte versus Atlanta. Can they win that game? No. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I, you, you, I mean, I guess part of I guess it depends who wins because I think they have a much better chance against Charlotte than they do against the Hawks, and I think the Hawks are going to win that game. So for me, it's it's along those lines when I'm watching it. I think the uh, this might be the end of uh, Cleveland season tomorrow. Well, it, or whenever that game. It is. was a valiant season, but the injuries have done them, and hopefully they can keep fighting on. Although I'd be excited to see Atlanta in the playoffs and. I guess I'd be excited to see Charlotte in the playoffs. They haven't been very inspiring lately. Uh, but I'm going to see Mo to kill the playoffs. And that's really all I cared about because we're going to be there back. We go. We're going to be back. We're, uh, we're going to come back with you on Friday morning, as we always do. And then the uh. actual series will start and it's going to be fun. So for Mo to kill, for Jade Hoy on the boards, I'm Jared Weiss. This is the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. We'll see you next time. Ding, ding.